0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Welcome, everybody, aboard to another exciting edition of Pop Life. We explore all the the many avenues and, and portions and, and thingamahoozits and whatamajigs in pop culture. we got so much to get into. Head on over to Facebook. Check out TKRS Presents Pop Life on Facebook Go over there and like us and get involved in the chat over there. And, uh, you know, we're going to get right into it. As always... Here with Todd. Todd, how are you doing this fine evening? Great as usual, Ken.
2: You know, uh, we made a big deal the last show about getting our 100 likes on Facebook. Well, guess what, folks? We get to do it again because somebody, and I'm just going to assume that they quit their Facebook account because we were down to 99 likes all of a sudden. Well, we got 100 likes again, so I'm going to brag about it. 100 likes. Let's go to 200, 300, 1,000. Everybody head over and like our Facebook page. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to get into the show.
0: Yeah,
1: there's a lot to, to talk about. It's funny, you almost sound like the, the members of the Miami Heat. LeBron, you know, not going to be one championship, not going to be two, going to be three, going to be four, going to be five. Well, obviously he choked that away as the Miami Heat went down to the Spurs in the NBA Finals. No problems there. No problems whatsoever. But now let's get into you know the let's get into the one down because we've we got a lot of stu- stuff to get into. And, and, you know, interesting, I can't believe – sometimes how time passes right and, and you know something that seems so current it's like all of a sudden it's it's years ago and i i was taken back you know i didn't keep track but some you know a guy that we were both very big fans of and the king of pop mm-hmm. uh michael jackson uh five years it's been five years since the passing of of michael jackson uh i can't believe it's been five years um You and I both big fans. Uh, It's interesting now, Todd. You know when I talk to people, and I, you know, it was my first concert, right? uh, Seeing Michael Jackson, and now when I tell people, you know, hey, yeah, my first concert was Michael Jackson. People look at me like,
2: "You saw Michael?" It's one of those things we really, you know, we have to uh, understand we were part of something that most people were not, and it was pretty, it was pretty incredible. Yeah.
1: it's just cool like you know and and again you know 1988 i'm not realizing how big a deal it is i mean i know michael's a big deal at the time but i'm not looking at this as a major life event and and now you know like i said i talked to so many people and they they can't believe i actually saw him in concert so um honored that i got to see him you know it's cool looking back can't believe he's gone um and, and when i look back on his life and career um it's a shame what happened the latter half of his career. Uh, a guy with, with so much talent, and uh, especially, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, this is it. Go see This Is It. Get it, rent it, uh, stream it, whatever you need to do. Because that really shows, you know, how talented he was. Over the last half of his life, it, the, the weird things, the stories, uh, the the kitty stuff, all that seemed to take over for... Uh, Michael, and, and you really weren't highlighting his talent. Uh, yeah, the,
2: the skin lightening and the animals and you know all that stuff. Um, you know, But he was still making good music. And then there was a period of time where he wasn't. But I, yeah, I saw This Is It too, and the movie really showed that he was not done by a long shot. I mean, he was going to put on a hell of a show, and he had a lot of energy and a lot of ideas, and he was still the king of pop.
1: And I I remember distinctly that summer where, you know, we had a barbecue, coincidentally, the weekend uh, after he passed. And uh, I believe it was VH1 Classics uh, played Michael Jackson videos just back-to-back all weekend. That's all they played the whole weekend. And, And we just decided for the weekend the TV was just going to stay on that channel. And we just kept it like we had a barbecue, the TV was just on there. And it was just one of those things, again, like, forgetting how talented he was, where it's like a video would come on, and like, like, Thriller. Wow, this was such a great video. And then it's obvious, like, Thriller, you know. And then it's like, oh, Bad. Yeah, Bad was a really great video. Like, the way you make me feel. Oh, God, yeah, that was a tremendous video. And then it's just like, wow, like, the guy just, you know, and, and it's lost, especially now when you look at videos. I mean, at MTV, you not even play videos anymore. Right. Um, You know, how incredible... He was uh both as a performer uh you know as a singer and, and just as a like a, a, a mini filmmaker I mean you know that you know he had directors and filmographers and everything, but these videos are michael's vision, mm-hmm. and uh you know pretty incredible uh, a tragic ending to his life but uh five years
2: can't believe it's been five years no i can't believe it you know it's, that celebrity death is one of those things that it seems like out of all of the pop culture stuff that you say, wow, it's been that long, sometimes it's hard to, to grasp how long ago it, it's been since somebody passed away. I, I find that with a lot of people, but yeah, five years without Michael. I mean, going back to, obviously, I was a fan of, of Thriller. It was one of my first albums. Uh, I remember the concert very well. I remember getting the tickets. I was waiting out line outside our uh, Captain Video uh, right Right, we had the bracelets and we waited in line outside Captain Video And then we, we ran to everyone's class because we missed school for this And then I ran around to everybody's <laughs> classrooms And outside the door was holding up <laughs> tickets and pointing We got the tickets, we got the tickets uh, Through our, our lip sync group, of course Vital Organs Uh, This was the days before karaoke was a hit. It was lip-syncing, you know, just taking the easy way out, basically. Uh, (laughs) But we put a lot into it, and, you know, we won a talent show. We had great stuff in in our group, and all the way through, uh, through Bad and Dangerous and uh, Scream with Janet, you know. And, uh, you know, then he was just a performer, you know, not touring, but not not in the U.S. at least. Such a career and, and such a loss.
1: Yeah, it's tremendous. So, you know, RIP uh Michael Jackson, a guy who uh you know, profoundly influenced uh so many people. And even you know, you look back on the, and it's sad when you look back on the world of music and you look at the Beatles and and what the Beatles were and how, you know, crazy and then Elvis and you look at Michael Jackson, you know, when you to me when you look at those artists and the the profound impact they had and the absolute frenzied state of of their fans across the globe. The people fainting is really an yeah. indicator. Yeah, I don't know if we'll ever see that again. Right. I mean, they're a big artist, but I don't you know, I think when you look at those 3, I, I don't know if there's anybody today that can really compare um you know, it's just it's you know, and it's symptomatic of our society, there's other things, I, right. you know, the 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 market is flooded, but um you know three individual three three acts uh mm-hmm. tremendous and and we we'll probably never see anything like it ever again so uh sad anniversary but we just thought uh coming into tonight we should pay a tribute to a little tribute to Michael Jackson a, a guy that we were both uh, big fans of but as we run through this summer season the big thing you know we hit the previews we talked a, a little bit about what this summer movie season was going to be like? and uh, you know, it started. The summer movie season is is underway, and I felt as if I was falling behind. I, I hadn't been able to get to the movies, and you know there's certain movies nowadays that I try and uh, you know get there and and it's I don't go all the time, but there's certain movies that I gotta see on the big screen, you know those those big blockbuster type movies. And I do make the determination a lot. I can see this on, on DVD. I want to see this on the big screen. Um, and, and before I go further, I, we got to thank our, our buddy Mike, who's actually continues to post movie reviews on our Facebook page. So if you're listening, I mean, anyone can do it. You want to give movie reviews for our fans on the Facebook page? By all means. Uh, Type something up there and, and post it on our page
2: yeah we love it. our, our other fans appreciate it, so please you know log on and, and give tell us what you think because we love to hear it
1: so as i'm catching up on, on my my movie my summer movie season in one week, actually in successive days, uh, I saw x men and godzilla
2: good good for you um, I'm jealous yeah
1: <laughs> and, and let me start with x men um real good movie um the only problem I had with X-Men is the aspect of the time travel was a little they never explained exactly why Kitty had this power to send someone's consciousness back in time she just like had it all of a sudden it's like her power is that she can pass through walls, now she can send people's consciousness back in time it was a little bit, so if you're able to look past that the movie's great, it's a great movie you just kind of have to say all right. to me, it would have made more sense if they figured out a way to give that power to Professor X. You know, he's he's got the telepathy and the, the uh, you know he, the brain power and the whole thing that he does with, with the mind. It just would have made sense if he could send someone's consciousness back in time. Well, it's funny you say that because I believe now I'm not the you know the
2: biggest comic book reader, but I believe in the comics that that power actually belonged to Jean Grey, which makes a lot more sense you know, she, she's closest to Professor X as far as what she can do with her mind. So that would have made a little more sense. And, uh, you know, well-documented on this show, I'm a stickler for my time travel explanation. So, you know, I could see that, you know, sticking in my craw as well. Uh, but...
1: Because it wasn't even time travel. It was right. sending your conscience back. So it was like, you know, you're so basically Wolverine's laying on this table the whole movie and, and Kitty's got her, a hand on each side of his head, zapping his brain as she's continually sending his consciousness back to his younger self and he's fixing things in the past. And that's essentially the premise. So again, great movie. You just have to look past that. And that, that, that stuck with me a little bit. Um, spoiler alert, not, not really, but yeah, I mean, Jean Grey would have made more sense, but they killed her off. Right so they they couldn't uh, necessarily use her in this movie so it was real good I, I really enjoyed it it was it was a neat premise uh you know they had to stay if you haven't seen it stay through the credits all the credits um but i i enjoyed it a lot i, I thought they they the, the uh sentinels looked awesome uh you know, it was it was a good plot. It moved well. Good acting. You know, Hugh Jackman still kicking ass as Wolverine. So, uh, the whole movie kind of worked for me, and it worked as like a movie. Good plot. Good acting. And it was a good summer blockbuster. See it on the big screen kind of movie. Um, which brings me to the next movie I saw the the following night. Okay, Godzilla. Godzilla would have been awesome if Godzilla was in it. <laughs> I it uh. I really wanted to love this movie, um, and I liked it, and I understand where critics would like this movie better than others, perhaps, the Matthew Broderick Godzilla uh, from a, a ways back, um, but there was a lot of just not Godzilla. It was, I mean, they, they set up Godzilla as, as a good guy, which, which I thought was cool, and Godzilla is just this force of nature that uh, comes back to restore balance and then goes away. Um, and that, that's the premise for Godzilla. Um, they, they gave some cool, like, historical footage in the beginning of the movie and, you know, all the uh, nuclear bomb testing that we did, like, in the 50s. Eh, that We weren't testing. We were trying to kill Godzilla. You know, so they, they, they kind of, you know, Godzilla's been hidden for years. The government knew about Godzilla, um, you know that was cool. Godzilla looked awesome. Um, not too fat, not too fat, okay, not too thin. He, he kind of, you know, he looked kind of, kind of beefy, like oh, like he'd been working out, okay. Um, once they finally got to the the climactic fight and trying to give too much away, uh, you know that was cool. It, it was good. There was one point though in the movie where I. I'm watching and there are people evacuating and they're getting into like this This they're using a subway station as like a shelter and as the people are running in you see Godzilla and who he's battling behind the people as they're racing in and as they race in I'm like oh finally the fight's going to start. The doors of the shelter close and I'm, I'm watching going no wait I wanted to see that don't close the door <laughs> so it was just kind of I don't know like I it was a good movie, but I found it weird, like comparing it to the Matthew Broderick one, because once Godzilla shows up, Godzilla's in it like the whole movie. Right. Yeah, and and I I can't say that I I definitively liked this one better. I, I just would have liked to have seen a little more Godzilla. Now, hopefully, we get another Godzilla. You know, maybe they, you know, this was if if they're looking about making a series, perhaps that this was kind of the, uh, you know, intro and they they put it out there. Maybe we'll. We'll get a little more action-packed sequel, hopefully. Um, It was fun seeing it on the big screen. Uh, We we saw it in 3D. I'm not saying it's... It was good on 3D, but if you want to save a couple shekels and not go see it in 3D, I I don't think you need to see it in 3D. You
2: know, I've got to say, I'm surprised by one of your last comments. Based on the general consensus... About the Matthew Broderick movie And what I've heard from you Saying that you're not sure Even to that level You're not sure that you liked it better That's, that's kind of harsh um, Because the last one was not loved And I'm looking now You know, when, when I I don't get out to the movies Also well documented on this show <laughs> I wait until everything's on cable uh, When there's one of those movies I really, really want to see on the big screen I try as hard as I can to see it Whether with family or alone But it's tough. And so I haven't seen anything this summer. But I'm a big movie tracker. You know, I I love the Metacritic website. uh, Summer fans of Rotten Tomatoes. I follow Metacritic, which is a compilation of critics' reviews. Then there's a website called Box Office Mojo, where you can really keep up with how the movies are doing. What I'm pointing at now is CinemaScore. And the CinemaScore website is a place where you find out the audience's reactions on opening night. And there's a grade given to each one. Now I'm looking at CinemaScore and people are kind of on the same page as you, when summer movies come around, most of them do at least a B, B-plus on cinema Score, but the biggest ones do better. Transformers was an A-minus, 22 Jump Street an A-minus, um, The Fault in Our Stars an A, uh, same thing with How to Train Your Dragon 2. Just the fact that Godzilla was a B-plus tells me that the people who rushed out to see it opening night because they really wanted a Godzilla movie, were not as impressed as they could have been. So you're not alone in your reaction to the movie. And, uh, you know, it, it, it did well. Um, the, the box office uh, for their opening weekend, of course, it opened at number one, and uh, it's going to be one of the biggest movies of the year, but it's not, it's not the biggest And you saw X-Men, which also was not the biggest movie of the year, which is interesting. It's the biggest movie of the summer so far. But our two biggest box office movies were pre-summer, which I think is pretty unusual. Captain America the Winter Soldier and the Lego movie are still well ahead of X-Men, which has been out for six weeks already. So, you know, I find that kind of surprising. And I don't know if that's a comment on the quality of this summer movie season, if it's about the buzz, you know, beyond... People going opening weekend about staying power, we may get more, but uh, as of now, you know the movies are not living up to expectations
1: and maybe it's you know we we talked about it, and maybe it's just partially like the the market just kind of being flooded it's it's a you know we said it it looks like a big summer movie season and and perhaps maybe people are picking and choosing maybe it's not necessarily the movie but people like just the idea of the summer movie and they're picking. The one or ones they're going to go to So other movies are, are losing out right. uh, Based on, on That comparison You know, I, I mean that could be it you know, maybe. I mean it's funny with, with stuff like Godzilla And, and th- this is why like, I didn't hate the Broderick version I got where people were like That's not Godzilla And yeah they changed Godzilla's look a lot In that movie But like people get caught up with this whole Oh god Has anyone watched the old Godzilla movies? I mean have you watched them? Have you watched Godzilla versus the smog monster? Have you watched Godzilla versus Mothra? Those movies are terrible. I love them. I love the Godzilla movies. But let's let's call a spade a spade. Those are not good movies. You know, they they're just fun. They they're interesting. That you know you, you like to root for the guy in, in the in the Godzilla suit who's like stepping on obvious fake tanks and and buildings, and you know, you, you you watch the Godzilla versus Mothra with the, with the two little Asian women, and, and and that that whole thing, and no, that made no sense. Like, why is there a giant moth, and there are two miniature Japanese women that like are, are just can summon some Mothra? Who, who knows why that occurred? But they weren't great movies. I enjoyed seeing Godzilla wreak havoc on New York. I thought it was fun. I thought Hank Azaria was really good in it. Um, I thought Matthew Broderick played his part well. So I, I, don't, I don't hate on that movie like a lot of other people do. So I, I think when you compare the two, if you can get over the fact that the Broderick version kind of changed the look of Godzilla a right. little too much, I, I don't know. I, th- I think they're pretty close.
2: Well, it's got to it's be good or so bad that it's good. You know, you don't want to fall in between where, eh, but it's not so bad that you can watch it, laugh at it, and enjoy it. So if the new movie is at least good enough to see, then sure, go ahead and you know check it out. Uh, if it doesn't live up to the Broderick version, which I, I enjoyed when I watched it. I haven't seen it since the first time I watched it, and I don't intend to, uh, but you know it was an enjoyable movie and uh, i'm hoping to get
1: you know the better experience out of the new one when i finally do see it and as we continue on in this, this summer movie season again blockbuster after blockbuster interesting that like coming into July 4th weekend we don't really have one of those bonafide blockbusters opening this weekend last weekend transformers opened for me as a fan i got to say love the first one the the subsequent sequels eh, did not do a lot for me Revamping No Child of the uh, So they're going with Marky Mark To kind of help the franchise I guess I don't really know if I'm going to go see this one Huge opening But a controversial opening
2: Yes we don't know Exactly how much the movie made In it's opening weekend The uh, studio consensus Around Hollywood Was that it took in between 97 and 98 million dollars Not too shabby that's a great opening weekend paramount said it made a hundred million dollars that's obviously a benchmark it's something that they wanted to be able to achieve there were some rumors that internally if it didn't make that much money there might have been firings at paramount studios but they were called out by the other studios and you know that is a controversy i read that it the the uh, first time this has happened since minority report there was a similar issue uh in hollywood so yeah some controversy there uh you know it doesn't make a big difference a couple million dollars but people are obsessed with numbers and so 100 million that's a number that's a benchmark people want to see that
1: yes i mean it's just weird you know you hear this big i mean you're figuring transformers is going to have a huge opening but you know someone's lying
2: well you know you mentioned that there's a nothing big opening this weekend it's it's july 4th it's an outdoorsy type weekend and so We can expect Transformers to repeat at the top of the box office, but telling, and maybe again, while we don't have the big blockbuster, just way too many choices, X-Men is the only movie this summer that has repeated at the top of the box office. And what's amazing to me is the movies that have knocked off the top movie, we've had very unusual, for me, summer movies that have won the weekend box office. And the first one was that Neighbors, an adult comedy, but a comedy nonetheless, took out The Amazing Spider-Man 2. And then we had a continuation of that, The Fault in Our Stars, huge opening, I think a surprising opening. And we haven't had, until Transformers, an actual big blockbuster-type movie since Maleficent. It went from The Fault in Our Stars to 22 Jump Street to Think Like a Man 2, which surprised me that it took the top box office spot. So... Every weekend there's a switch, and these big blockbusters, you know, we're still waiting for some, but they're getting knocked off week after week by something unexpected. And, uh, you know, there was no doubt that Transformers was the winner, and the controversy was just about how much it, it was uh, the winner by and how much take it it uh, made.
1: And, and as, as we continue to see, you know, uh, the summer movie season unfold, you know, the one thing I love is going to movies is seeing trailers – um, you know movies coming out movies to look forward to uh, you got that kids movie Echo uh, Coming out which I liked it better when it was called DT um, I Just have no desire to see that movie. I, I It's weird. It's one of those weird movies where it's like will that have a huge opening will it be one of those movies where You know families are going to want to see it and kids are going to want to see it so it has a, a, a bigger opening than, than usual the movie that stuck out at, at, for me Uh, When I saw an extended trailer, uh, when I saw X-Men, I I literally got goosebumps, was the the new Planet of the Apes movie, the dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, I loved the first one, and wow, just wow. Uh, You know, and it's funny because it's a repackaging, a repackaging of a, a classic movie series and, you know, it's it's tough to say that you're, you're going to improve upon uh, essentially a legendary movie series. And if, if this movie delivers on, on what I got out of the trailer, I, I this, to me, this series is coming damn near close to surpassing the original, which you don't say that often. And I'm more of a traditionalist, but wow, I, I was just thoroughly impressed with what the trailer brought to the table.
2: You know, I enjoyed the trailers I've seen. I did not see the new one that you're talking about. Uh, but I, I did really like what I've seen. And as far as the movies that haven't come out yet, uh, that's one of the ones that I'd love to see. The other one that really caught my eye is Guardians of the Galaxy. And I mentioned that it looks unusual. And it still does. But it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I like my superhero movies. And this one is really just off the beaten path but looks uh like it's going to be enjoyable i like the heroes i like the uh the kind of non-hero being played by uh chris pratt and uh, we've got some unusual looking creatures that are part of this group and so that's one that i'm really looking forward
1: to yeah it looks good and it is one you know i i'm into comics i can't say i'm a comic book expert but i'm into the comic books i read my fair share of comic books uh Not really familiar with Guardians of the Galaxy, so when I heard the movie was coming out, I was like,
0: eh, eh, maybe.
1: (laughs) But I agree with you. I've enjoyed the the trailer so far. Uh, It looks very intriguing. Um, You know, I have my doubts about Batista being able to, you know, act. But he he looks good. I mean, he looks like he fits the bill. Uh, Since the movie's been announced, I've gone back and, like, read stuff about Guardians of the Galaxy and everything. You know, Batista looks good. Uh, All of them look good. Everyone looks good. Uh, you know, I have my doubts about a raccoon being a, a hero, but in the trailer, it, it looks kind of cool. So I'm on board with that, too. And, of course, it's
2: part of Marvel's big push. You know, it's, it's not just X-Men. Of course, there's the Avengers and all of the movies that went with that. It's the, the countless X-Men and Wolverine movies. It's all of the offshoots of the Avengers. Plus, they've got other ones like this one. And Marvel Comics, you know, has really done a great job of putting together uh hit after hit as far as the X-Men and Avengers uh universes are concerned. Spider-Man of course, and now this one so you know they're doing a terrific job and hopefully at least in my book I hope this one continues uh, their their track record.
1: And when you talk about that, you know, I mean going back and I still maintain that the 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 last series of Batman movies uh Probably the greatest comic book, quote-unquote, movies ever made. Probably the greatest comic book, quote-unquote, trilogy ever made. However, you're still looking at DC playing catch-up to what Marvel has been able to create uh, in the movie. Now, granted, not everything has been a home run, but Marvel has woven a tapestry where they have created their universe in the cinema across different franchises and different movies um, that as a comic book fan is very exciting. Uh, as a comic book fan to, to sit and, you know, sit through the credits and watch how they're going to set up the next movie or how they're going to set up some other movie going forward. Um, you know, the end of, of uh, the last Thor movie uh, showed a character that's going to be a big deal in Guardians of the Galaxy. So you you, you kind of have that, that Marvel just, just got you like really excited, you know, almost like you're reading comic books, like how you follow the you know, story will be continued in the next volume or whatever. DC's playing catch-up. There's no two ways about it. As great as that Batman trilogy was, they're playing catch-up. Man of Steel, great movie. Seems like that is going to be the jumping-off point. We didn't know it at the time. But that Man of Steel movie is is the beginnings of DC trying to do something similar to create their own tapestry across different titles, different movies. They've got a pretty ambitious plan on the table right now to play, again, to play catch-up to Marvel.
2: And, you know, it's it's definitely catch-up, but like you said, very ambitious. They have a slate of seven movies which they're trying to get out over the course of uh, basically two years. Uh, we all know about the Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice movie. That's the one that is definitely coming out May 2016. We all know about the Batfleck. Uh, they've announced other heroes that are going to be in that movie. And first it was Wonder Woman. And we said, okay, you know, she, she can show up. We, we didn't know exactly what the role is. We still don't. But they made it clear when they first announced the subtitle, Dawn of Justice, and then when they announced we've got other heroes showing up. We've got uh, Cyborg, and now uh, not confirmed, but it seems like it's the case, Aquaman is going to be in the movie. And lo and behold, they announced that there will be a Justice League movie following that. And there was talk about the movie coming out in 2018. Then there was a rumor that it might even be pushed to 2017. But that's not all. Uh, I see that they have five other movies that they want to get out within two years. And we're talking about Captain Marvel, uh, a.k.a. Shazam, because that Marvel name is, is of course, an issue. Uh, Sandman with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Christmas 2016. A Wonder Woman standalone movie. Another Man of Steel standalone movie, plus a combined Flash-Green Lantern movie. And between summer and Christmas releases, this is all supposed to happen between May 2016 and May 2018, and that is extremely ambitious. I don't know if it's too much at the same time. I don't know how much crossover there will be between the universes. You know, as, as we know, the uh, the X Men live separately from the Avengers, live separately from Spider Man right now. I don't know if we have the same thing with DC. Uh, I think that because of uh, rights ownerships, this one has the potential for more crossover and more uh, more of these characters all living within the same DC universe, which I enjoy. Based on the first Man of Steel, it's a little darker, certainly darker than super Superman movies we've had before. Um, they they kind of set the the darkness benchmark with the Batman trilogy. And Man of Steel, you know, it's not light like some of the Avengers movies are, but that's okay as long as they do a good job. And if they do it well, that's terrific. Uh, I think that the first one is really going to set the stage because when you throw five of these heroes into one movie, it has to perform well for them to put out these other movies and have any kind of expectations of people wanting to see them and, you know, getting uh, getting the reviews, the box office, and continuing the franchises.
1: And it does run that risk. I mean, we've talked about it before with Spider-Man. Uh, you know, recasting Spider-Man so close to uh, the last Spider-Man franchise can be difficult. And and they're jumping everything off of Batfleck. You know, they they are the jumping off for DC's universe is Ben Affleck replacing Christian Bale. And you know, is that going to work? it's it's, a, it's it's a lot. And the rumors also, there are rumors circulating now that they might go into a death of Superman um, in this new movie. So that would be incredibly ambitious of DC if they decide to go in that direction. Um, So who knows? Who knows how far they're going to go? Who knows uh, what the plot's going to be? The the rumors keep coming out. Um, But wow, you know, if they're able to pull it off, and I've said it before, the... If, they, if they're successful and they put out, let's just say, mostly good movies, um, this really is just, by far, the golden era of, of comic book movies. If you're a comic book fan, uh, it's going to be close to 20 years where you've just had some real, solid, dramatic, well-put-together comic book movies. So, it's just weird, you know, I'm going <laughs> to... You know, our age, and it's like, I've been waiting for this since I was a kid, and I'm going to be running like a kid when uh, these DC movies start coming out. Yeah, you know, we
2: were kids, and we saw the reruns, you know, very frequently of the old Batman TV series and the movie, and that was obviously very campy. Then, as kids, we got to see, you know, live in the theaters, the, uh, the Superman movies. And those were somewhat campy, somewhat more serious, then we got the the Batman in 1989 and the, the movies that followed which at the time we said wow this is you know much different than what we've seen it's getting dark now. Then we had the updated Batman movies and all of a sudden you know from there and the Spider-Man movies and the X-Men movies we had a lot to choose from and the quality was just much much higher than we had seen before. And we're seeing volume, but we're seeing quality in the volume. And, you know, I am not as big a comic book fan as Ken, but I love the adaptations that I've seen, both in the movies, on TV. I've I've read a couple of of the books. And, uh, you know, on TV, you know, we talked in the past about uh, Gotham coming out. We talked about how we both really didn't uh, give Arrow much of a chance. Now there's a spinoff of that show in The Flash, and I wonder how that's going to cross over. Uh, with the movie if we'll have the same actor if they'll be in the same universe. But, you know, it's uh a lot of comic book stuff, movies and T V and D C you know, really trying to
1: get on their game. Yeah, it's funny, you know, I gotta tell you though, you know you know what really bothers me though with, with the universes and when they start to put that together is standalone movies to me, again, it's it's one of those like nitpicky things, you gotta kinda let it go. But like in in the second Thor movie which I, I just
2: saw, by the way, so I can actually okay. I can okay. actually speak intelligently about one of these movies. So, finally. like,
1: the world, you know, potentially could be ending. Why the hell don't the other Avengers show up? Right. For the love of God! Like, I mean, they know each other now. They've 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 done the thing. They've gotten together. They've 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 saved the world before. That you would think, hey, the whole world. I mean, what were they doing? It's like you know, Thor's got this. No. Even the,
2: yeah, though they don't even pretend that it didn't happen. They talk about New York. They talk about what yes. Loki had done before and how everyone came together. So it's not like they're ignoring it. They're acknowledging that there are a team of superheroes out there. So, yeah, why is it all on Thor at this point and some scientists and, you know, some, some jokey assistants?
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> they just kind of bug me. Like, they, they don't even give you, like, an explanation. They could have just had, like, a line, like, yeah, the Avengers, like, had to, had to, you know, travel to another dimension this weekend, you know, so it's on me today.
2: <laughs> I don't know if yeah. I would have accepted that, but I get what you're saying.
1: They're busy. Stark's throwing a party. He's got, you know... That makes a little more sense, yeah. I think. <laughs> He's fixing the tower, you know, the Avengers are helping him fix the tower. Hulk
2: just can't get angry right now.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe Thor was just embarrassed. Uh, this is all my doing. Last time, the Asgard just keeps like screwing everything up in this realm. Right. I just can't ask him for help again. I got to take care of my mess. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five. Wow, we've hit a lot. Oh, you want to talk summer movie season, comic book movies, whatever you want to bring to the table? But we got our resident uh, movie reviewer is online.
0: Mike, are you there? How are you doing this evening? Good. I wouldn't call myself a movie. Reveal. I mean, you know, in my head, I, I, in my, in my head, I write it out. And if people like it, they like it. And if they don't, they don't. But I, I would, you know, I wouldn't call myself a Siskel or an Ebert. But
1: I mean, it's cool. You, you know, you, it seems like you see movies pretty frequently. Um, wrote a nice review. <laughs> yeah. Jersey Boys. Jersey Boys. Uh, you know, that's funny because that was a movie. Knowing it was coming out this summer, uh, it wasn't something that. I was racing to see I, I was kind of on the fence. I knew Clint Eastwood directed it so that was you know it should be a good movie. Um but you you
0: thought it was very good. Yes, I did. Um I thought I thought the acting was very good. I thought that I thought the the choosing of um the choosing of um uh what do you call Frankie Frankie Valley was very good because you know, not often, t- not often do you see that. Like, you know, not often do you see when they take a guy that was in a play to play somebody, you know, imp- important as Frankie Valley. So, you know, kudos to them for doing that. I, I thought that was very, very good. Um, other than that, yeah, you know, Clint Eastwood. I I raced to see it for two reasons. One, my dad, my dad got definitely got me into the four seasons. And also Clint Eastwood is is directed it. So that that's that's all I had to say about about that with with Clint Eastwood. It's
1: cool. What what else have you seen so far this summer?
0: Oh, I've seen Transformers. Um, I I definitely love Transformers as a kid, and I I like I love Mark Wahlberg, so I saw Transformers. I thought that was very good. I seen um, what I saw. So I saw Jersey Boys, A Million Ways to Die in the West. Now, if you read my review, because because I, I, re- I one of my friends read it and he wrote me, he said to me, "You zigged when I thought you were gonna zag," and I and I was laughing at that because he says it made me think that you really didn't like. It. I liked the movie, I just didn't like I, I just didn't like the I just didn't like what's his name's acting. I was gonna say Seth Rogen because I have him on the brain for some <laughs> odd reason, but um, Seth MacFarlane, I I like the guy, and um, I it, I don't know I just think he should stick to, um, you know, making other movies, you know, making other movies and directing and stuff, and not acting. I mean, I I, I don't know I, uh, what else did I see? I saw X Men Days of Future Past. Ken, I know you saw it, you liked it, right?
1: Yeah, I like it a lot.
0: Okay, um, I saw Blended. What else? Neighbors. Yeah, uh, let's. I saw a lot of movies. This, I saw a lot of movies this summer so far. But anyway, yes. Um, the the one movie that I'm not looking forward to is coming out this week at, weekend. I, I I just think they she does too much, Melissa McCarthy. I think she should take a break.
1: I you know I'm, I'm right there with you cuz I I'm watching the trailer and it's like oh look Melissa McCarthy's fat and sloppy and running around making an ass of herself. Gee, she never does that. It's it's a <laughs> Melissa
2: McCarthy movie. That she's one of those people just like, you know, you we can kind of the way you blew off your discussion of blended. We got an idea of what you thought of that. <laughs> it was an Adam Sandler movie and this is a Melissa McCarthy movie and sometimes there's just so many you can take.
0: Blended was really, but you know what? Blended was really good, and and, and Adam, and, Adam Sandler, and you know you can't compare. Not that you were comparing Adam Sandler to Melissa McCartney, but it's just the it's just, it's just it's just the the kind of acting like the movie The Heat. Okay, I liked that movie, and I thought that movie was was, was not that good. It's just it, certain movies with her is good. I mean, she should definitely stick to her show, uh, Mike and Molly.
2: And it's funny because I've seen almost every movie she's made, and I've not seen that show, not an episode. <laughs> now, I actually <laughs> watched the Gilmore Girls that she was in, and that's the only CW show I've ever watched on a regular basis.
1: I, I didn't even know she was in Gilmore Girls.
2: She was, uh, you know, one of the uh, minor players, but a good friend of Lauren Graham, the lead. And uh, my wife got me hooked on that a couple of seasons in, and yeah, that's the last time I really watched the CW. But she was good in it, and... Uh, she wasn't always the large and in charge of Melissa McCarthy on that show. She kind of fluctuated. Now she's got her her look. I've seen her uh do terrific work on Saturday Night Live. You know, I have the heat waiting for me. I liked identity thief. It was a nice diversion. Uh so I I'm not sick of her yet.
1: We'll see what happens, uh when, when I finally get to this movie. I'm I'm with you kinda of like I I, I, I... Enjoy. I didn't think Bridesmaids was a great movie, but I liked her in it, and and the way she is and the way she carries herself and and her comedy and her style. I think she works better as a supporting character. Right. When when it's two hours of her, you know, by the time you get into that like seventieth minute, you're just like, oh god, just stop! It's the same thing. Whereas when you have her like just interjecting her humor, uh, she can be very funny. So I'm I'm right there with you. That that is a movie that, you know, maybe sometime down the road a piece when I can't sleep, if it pops up on cable, I'll give it a chance, but I I'm not racing out to see that.
0: No, I'll watch it when it comes out when it comes on, on um when it comes when it comes on cable too as well. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna race out. I mean I do like Melissa McCartney. I just you know, I I, I just think I generally think beef was okay. I mean, you know, it so, had its moments too. But um, other other than that. So what? Uh, so what? Uh, oh, okay. Did you guys hear about the passing of EY Wallach?
1: You know, I I did, and, and and you know, thank you for bringing that up. You know, uh, uh, i
0: I was going to bring that up before we were talking about Eastwood because. Um, as everybody knows, that he he was in um, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. That was the first movie I've ever seen him in, and he was also Mister Freeze in Batman. So,
1: yes, he was one of my all-time favorite movies, and, and my dad kind of turned me on to this movie. And Eli Wallach was in it. was uh, Magnificent Seven, but just a great uh, you know old-time western. And uh, yeah, when I Charles saw that Brons-
0: he- Charles Bronson was in that. Charles Bronson, yeah,
1: Charles Bronson, James Coburn, uh, yeah. very Charles Bronson, James Coburn, but uh, Eli Wallach played the uh, the bad guy. He was the the top villain, and uh, just loved that movie. And, and yeah, was that was,
0: a shock? <laughs> he played the bad guy. Was that a shock?
1: good job mm. by you. That up, it's, it's it. You know, lived a nice, long, full life. But yeah, we we should have discussed it, and uh, sad to see him go.
0: Yeah, but right. it, it 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 is, um, it's de- definitely definitely. But you know, for everybody out there that wants to see him in movies, I mean, I, I I would definitely you know, The Good, and the Bad, and the Ugly is one of my favorite movies. You know, Clint Eastwood's one of my one of my all time. Besides Cologne, he's one of my all time favorite actors. And um, just to see the three of them work together, Van Cleef was ex- excellent, excellent in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Hey, uh, Todd, how are you doing tonight, my man?
2: I'm doing great. You know, I I love seeing your reviews on the Facebook page, and I I appreciate you calling in. I don't get to the movies, you know, nearly as much as you do, Ken, either, you know, so uh, I I enjoy hearing what you have to say. Uh, Jersey Boys is one I'm looking forward to. I'm glad you liked it. It's not one of those movies that probably has to be seen on the big screen, so I'll see it next year. Uh, but some of the others, you know, based on what you've said, I really want to get out and see X-Men. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I have some time. I have a, a year lag time before I catch a lot of these, so any input you have is always greatly appreciated.
0: Oh, thank you. I, I try to give my honest opinion on, on the movies that I want to see and that um, and, and, uh, I've seen. Um, have you guys catched any of the new shows? Have you seen Tyrant?
1: No, I, I have not caught that. I, I, you know, I was meaning to, and then, you know, it's funny. I was like, I should go and catch up with it. And then someone said to me, oh, it wasn't that good. So I was like, ah, eh, you know, maybe I won't watch it. But have you caught it? Is it any good?
0: Yes. Yes, I have. Um, it is good. It, it's very controversial, which is really good, which is really good for FX. Um, I caught the first episode I missed last night, um, but the first episode, it takes you it takes you on a nice little ride on what happens in, in our in, in the Middle East. So it's, and 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 uh, also um also you guys I know I know Ken um you were saying how much you you're gonna miss Hank Moody, what do you think of California Cajun End?
1: I you know it's funny I I thought it was very good I, I coming out of last season. I, I was thinking, uh, yeah, the show, it, it's time for the show to end. I thought it was kind of lagging. They, they were running out of new ideas and new ways for Hank to get into trouble. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed the fa- the final season. I thought they did a real nice job with the, the last season. And, you know, I mean, maybe a little bit schmaltzy, maybe a little bit cliché. But I really, really liked the final episode. I, I, you know, it just gave you what you wanted as a fan. I I enjoyed it. I, you know, I I do think sometimes uh, TV shows overthink their final episode, and more often than not, they give you crap. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a real good episode. And after coming out of last season, thinking, "Wow, this show has to end." When the credits rolled on the final episode of Californication, my gut reaction was, oh, like, you know, let's do one more, one more season. Like, I was sad to see him go. So I think they delivered on their final season and, and more specifically they delivered on the final episode. What do you think?
0: My hat's off to Michael Imperioli. I got I to gotta give him you know a lot of credit. They brought him in this season, and he was really funny. And he was really good, and you know, if you look at his track record, he's a great, he happens to be a great um, actor. Um, I loved the I loved the ending. I loved the show. I thought that it showed me that Hank grew up. It showed me that Hank took responsibilities for a lot of things that he did in the past. And I liked that he was on the plane um, at the end with Karen. And uh, I I just thought it was it just touched the, it touched the heart. You know he helped his son get the girl. You know he uh, he he hooked Michael Imperioli up with um, the mother of his, his, his. You know it was great. it was great. I, I liked it.
2: You know it's funny. He, it it just shows how long it's been since I've seen it. I, I probably uh, ended two or three seasons ago. Didn't know Michael Imperioli was in it. And my uh, my reason for leaving the show was: when is this guy ever going to grow up? I'm just tired of this already. He keeps trying. There's, you know, hints of it every season, and then he's just back to being Hank. So I'm glad to hear that things change, and maybe I will go and catch up when I get the chance. You know, we'll uh, binge on a couple of seasons of Californication because it sounds like you guys Yeah, maybe,
0: were... in, maybe in 2017 you'll be able to catch up. I know you're a busy guy. Right. <laughs> you mean, you know, I mean, it, it's, it ha- what, what is funny with me too is I have all these shows I love to watch, and then I finally get to watch them. And then, you know, something goes on or whatever. And then I end up watching something else. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, like, how would this happen? Um, but uh, do you guys watch Nurse Jackie?
2: Not for a while. I did.
0: Okay. Because that's almost like the same scenario. When is she going to grow up? And I'm always like, oh, Jackie, what are you doing um, now? How would we... you guys like... Oh, go ahead. No, thank they...
2: You know, things were just getting worse and worse for her, whereas with Hank, you know, it was a different variation of the same level as bad, maybe. Nurse Jackie, man, Jackie was just spiraling downwards. I watched a few seasons and uh, gave up on that, too. And it's not like me. I don't normally give up on a TV show. I will watch it to the end, sometimes against my better judgment. But you know, I'll watch it to the end. And uh, so you mentioned two shows that I actually did quit on, and that's unusual for me.
0: Hey, Showtime, if you're listening, try to write some better stuff. So this way, Todd don't have to quit. <laughs>
1: <That> was- <laughs> thank you so much for for the support and uh, calling us, and keep giving us those movie reviews. We we love them. Thanks, son. We'll. Uh-
0: yeah, oh, and yes, yes, and I will definitely do that. And thank you guys. And I will speak to you. Um, when you guys do your next show. Hey, I got an idea for your next show. How about we, we talk about TV shows, like old-school TV shows and new-school, you know, TV shows. Like, what are your favorite TV shows, you know, of all times? Oh, I, I think that would be a great – I mean, you know, like to get to maybe we can get some more fans that want to call up and, you know, do a whole big thing. I'll definitely okay. spread the word on my end, and hopefully maybe we can make that happen.
2: Absolutely. That that definitely has to be in our future. It's a great idea. Thanks a lot, Mike. I love
0: it. Okay. Well, thank you, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you very much.
2: You know, I, I, uh, I watched a lot of stuff uh, this past season. Most of what I watched already ended their seasons or their runs. My wife and I are finally watching Modern Family, and it's really weird when you're binging on an entire season – And I'm seeing, you know, commercials for the Halloween episode of this. (laughs) And I'm seeing commercials for movies that are already on cable. You know, so it's kind of odd, you know, what's going on in between. But we're enjoying uh, catching up on that. The other show that finally came back, I love Drunk History. I've mentioned it on the show a couple of times. But it is the most educational show ever on TV where everybody is completely drunk. Uh and they had a terrific episode last night in the premiere they were talking about Birmingham, Alabama and one of our favorites Terry Crews played uh Joe Lewis. Terry Crews. Terry Crews, man, he carried the show literally. <laughs> uh they, you know, they did some stuff on Rosa Parks and uh they did this on Joe Lewis versus Max Schmeling and we had Terry Crews and Joe Lewis plus one of my favorites Weird Al Yankovic as Are you ready? Adolf Hitler. Uh, and, of course, the narrators completely drunk and the actors having to lip-sync precisely to how these drunk people ramble on about you know the stories. So one of my favorites has finally returned. Uh, you know, there are shows leaving, there are shows coming back. What else is going on in the TV world for you, Ken?
1: You know, I mean, it, it's funny, because you, you get excited when, you know, a show you watch is hitting their final season. It's, it's, a, it's a bittersweet time, because you... you you're hoping things will get resolved. Uh, you're anxious to see maybe where your favorite characters are going to go. And, uh, you know, it's funny because True Blood has announced that this is their final season. And uh, I've got to be honest. I, True Blood is one of those weird shows that has just been, for me, good enough to keep me watching. But I have never, ever, ever, ever said, oh, that show kicks ass. I, I've never thought that about the show. I've always found it curious. I like the horror thing. I've always been into the vampire thing. But I, I So I stuck with it. Um, some seasons were better than others. Um, some episodes obviously better than others. Um, a couple things. Sookie, Sookie and Bill annoyed the bejesus out of me for quite some time. Uh, the first few seasons were... First few seasons was weird because I liked everything else but the lead. Like, everything else that was going on on True Blood I was into. And then they would get back to, to Sookie and... Sookie. And Bill would be like, I love Sookie. And like, oh, Bill, oh, I and then And then, like, you know, then Sookie would take her top off, which was always nice. And, uh, but other than that, like, it, it just never really got me. Now that they, they started their, their final season... And I was, I was excited because I'm thinking, all right, now we're going to get some real resolution. I mean, they're vampires. They're the undead. We're going to have to see some major characters killed off. Uh, so I'm looking forward to some really cool stuff. And uh, holy cow, the, the first episode sucked. Really? It, it was terrible. I, I mean, it ended. And I was watching with my girlfriend, and I looked at her. And I was like, that was terrible. That, I mean, for the, for the final season, and honestly, I, I get it. Like, for people who watch True Blood, I'm in the minority. It, it kind of has a borderline cult-like following. I mean, people are rabid for this show. Um, I, I've never thought it was that good. I never thought the acting was that good on the show. You know, the storylines were that good. It, it was an intriguing, interesting, unique. It was a unique show, um, is a unique show, but I, I, just, I, I just did not think the first episode was good at all. The second one, a little bit better, um, but I don't know. It, it was funny because I posted on Facebook, uh, my personal page that uh, I, I said was it just me or did the season premiere of true blood suck and there' you know the whole premise that there are these vampires now infected with hep v get it clever right I get it. Hey, hey? see what they did there with the, the hep v and there's a the the initial scene in, in the uh first episode was all these hep v vampires descending on this this community barbecue and just you know trying to feed on as many humans as they can and someone commented on my facebook post that they were actually rooting for the hep v vampires to kill everyone and just the whole season ends right there It just it's just one one like 10 minute massacre and it's like thank you fans we're, we're done it just was bad and i'll stick with it i've gone this far um, but I'm, like the first few episodes, I'm not optimistic with how this final season of "True Blood is going to play itself out. Well, hopefully you'll get a payoff in the end, you know. Uh,
2: I, I don't watch True Blood," and as our listeners to this point know, although we both cross over, you watch a lot more of the TV drama. I really enjoy my TV comedy. and you know, I watch my share, you know, a good handful of what I deem the, the worthy dramas. Uh, But one comedy that I loved, and it was offbeat, and it was on the bubble a lot of years, but that was Community. And, uh, you know, some somewhat breaking news this week to my fellow uh, four million or so community watchers that are left out there. uh, Community is coming back for another season. It was saved by Yahoo Screen. And I don't know of any other shows that have actually been, you know, first run on Yahoo before but this will be one of them. It might be, I, I believe I read their second show uh, that they're, they're running as a first-run series. So we will get more community. We'll get more of the, uh, the Greendale human beings. And uh, so I, I'm looking forward to that because they do their traditional shows. They do a lot of offbeat shows. You know how you have uh, comedies that will do the, the special episode, whether it's the musical one or the live one or the claymation one? Community does that every other week. You know, they just do stuff that is odd, but they they do them all very well. So, you know, good job, community. I'm glad you're coming back, and uh, you know, there's there's a handful
1: of us out there that are still watching. <laughs> yeah, again, you know, like you said it. I, that's a show I don't watch, so that's why we work all well together. Like, right. You, you have a good handle on the comedies. I'm, I'm watching the dramas. Um, good stuff. But you know, we're gonna switch gears a little bit here because um, something we got to get into, and and we we try to hit. All parts of pop culture, and you know that the, there's there's music, there's movies, there's TV. Uh, we've hit video games, comic books. You know, we've charted everything, and we've hit sports.
2: Well, occasionally, yeah, yeah,
1: because sports is part of pop culture, and and we're not going to be that. We try to give you a little bit of everything. You know, we're not going to be just that entertainment weekly and just give you that part of things because. Sports is part of our pop culture. It's it's part of what we watch. It's a huge part of of what we do. It's ingrained in the fabric of of American society. Um, A major controversy going on right now. Um, The Washington Redskins. Um, Racist? Perhaps. Who knows? Controversial. They've had the name for a long time. Um, this controversy has popped up. Every couple of years, it seems like people get a little bit annoyed with the name. Um, certain,
2: certain groups are very annoyed with the name. Yes. You know, it's not, it's, like you said, not a new controversy, but yeah, you know, it's, it's up in the news again.
1: And it's weird because, you know, one of the things I find with, with these type things is, and maybe it's America as a whole, like where we've evolved as a culture, but people feel the need. To it, it, it becomes black and white. And, and people feel the need that they have to be on one side or the other. And then the, the idea of like actually having a conversation kind of goes out the window because each side is yelling at the other one. Now, I'm going to give you my take, uh, opinion-wise. On one hand, they've had the name forever. Um, it's a name that they're using... Fierce Warriors, it's a positive thing. They want to convey a, a certain image. of. of a, they're, they're using war, warrior, a, a sports analogy. And, and that's at least where the name has evolved to. I, I, on a lot of levels, I look at Redskins purely as the name of a sports team. The logo is not... I mean, the logo is a very proud looking logo. So I don't think there's anything about the Redskins and how they portray Native Americans and, and how they use the name is, is racially biased or bigoted. I, I, I think it's very respectful um, how they use it. And like I said, they've had the name forever. On the other side, I will never presume to tell any group that I'm not a part of what they can and can't be offended by. I'm, I'm not going to say, well, you know, I'm not Native American. Um, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, well, you're not supposed to be offended by it. Um, so I, I don't know, honestly, how exactly I, I feel about the name. The one thing that does stick out for me with it is it's not across the board you it it's not universal some native americans are cool with it some tribes are okay with it it's not across the board and that's the thing that kind of sticks out for me that you know take other racial slurs that they're trying to compare redskins to and if there's a name of a sports team with that name it would be universally offensive to the entire group and so, again, I'm kind of like in the middle there. I'm not going to say which is right or, or wrong here, um, but people need to sit down and, and discuss it. I think Dan Snyder's been good with how he's, he's contributed to Native American charities. Um, again, I think they treat the, the image of the Redskins with a lot of respect. Um, but what's really been interesting is now – The government has gotten involved And the government Man you know like it's good that everything Else in this country is running perfectly uh, That the government's got Spare time to jump in and kind of Worry about sports teams and their names But fortunately On this show And right now if you're listening Call your friends get get people Around the computer to listen Because we have Almost like kind of an expert on On patent law, trademark law, you're really kind of well-versed on that stuff. So when you hear the, the news that the, the patent office is revoking the Redskins and then the whole thing, what's going on, as, as, a, as someone who is really well-versed with this, explain exactly what that means. Okay.
2: I will do that. I've got, I've got to address some of the things you said. I'm going to try to go point by point here. You, you definitely had a lot, uh, you know, a different uh, uh, reasons for your take on the matter. I want to start uh, by saying the name Redskins itself, but not the logo, not the way that they you know contribute to charities or presents, but the name itself, I think is is offensive. That's my opinion. it's It's just the name of the color of skin of a cultural group. I am not going to to even mention the other names that potentially could be offensive for other groups. You can imagine what would happen if we if we did that. Just name teams based on the color of skin of a particular particular ethnic group. So I find the name Redskins to be offensive. Um, you know, Saint John's the college had the Red Men. They changed their name to the Red Storm a long time ago. And it's not like the Braves, the Chiefs, even the Indians, which is still you know a fairly accepted name, especially among the Native American groups themselves. Brave is a proud name you know uh chiefs is talking about you know indian leaders redskins is just taking the color of your skin and identifying a group in that way so i have an issue with that the logo is another story the logo is great and the government did not do anything to the logo as opposed to the cleveland indians whose logo is way more offensive than the team name And Chief Wahoo is actually now falling out of favor. They're not using that logo as much. They're going to uh, different trademarks as their primary marks. So to get into the aspect of it, um, what the government did, and it's not the government, you're kind of poking their nose in a matter like they've done in the past with maybe uh, steroids and baseball and some other matters. This was something that was taken on by some Native American Indians. It was – It's a registered trademark, and what that means is it gives notice to everybody in the country that this particular person or group has rights to this trademark. And the trademarks that they own include Redskins, Washington Redskins, the logos, combinations of the names and the logo. These are all owned and registered by the Washington Redskins. However, if you don't have a federal registration, you can still claim Ownership of a trademark just by common law usage, and people do that. So what's happened here is the Patent Trademark Office, decades ago, granted trademark registrations to all of these different things related to the Redskins. Um, what the patent? Well, now it's the Trademark Trial and Appeal Board. They filed a claim. These these uh, Indian groups filed a claim, saying that this is disparaging. And if you look at the Trademark Act, one of the very first reasons why you can't register a trademark is if it is disparaging in some way. Well, what the TTAB said was that even at the time of registration, these marks were disparaging. Again, not the logo, but they struck down six registrations that contained the name Redskins. What that means for the team is they can still use the trademark, they can still use the name, they can still sue people, they can still try to stop people from selling shirts that say Redskins and you know all that stuff, but it makes it harder. It will take more time and more money for them to sue, so of course that's a problem. Customs does not have to stop counterfeit goods now from being imported, that's a problem. So it definitely is going to be a pain in the butt for the Redskins. And, of course, they're appealing. So, you know, none of this is in effect yet. It's not hold until all of the appeals are are uh, completely decided. But, you know, it's important to understand that this, this wasn't the government just sticking their nose into somebody's business. This was a group of Native Americans saying this is a problem for us, and then the government agreed. But it goes from this appeals board, which is part of the patent office, to the courts now, and that could take a really long time. So... You know, in the end, there's no effect yet, and uh the effect will be financial, but it won't change the the team name and Dan Snyder, as much as he's you know done stuff, he's adamant that the team name will never change and in my mind, that's a little bit uh he's not listening to all the opinions out there, like you said, some people are black or white, one side or the other. He's not open to conversation on the matter, and I think that's an issue as well.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he's on the other side. I mean, that you know, it's just it's it's not. Neither side wants to listen to the other side. It's it's uh, you know, it's a very interesting controversy because it is on. Uh, I and it's and I get it. I get that you know. It, it, it's a racial slur or can be construed as a racial slur. It's just like in my mind, I, I, don't even, I don't even think Native American. Like when I hear Redskins, I just think football team. Like I just think of it as a name of a football team. It's not anything that I, I you know, it, it's funny how, you know, words can evolve. And a lot of words right. evolve, a lot of words evolve negatively. You know, mental retardation um, was a medical term. Uh, retardation retard uh, you know just so you guys know out there like retard is a slur it is a slur for people with intellectual disabilities um, and that's used very prevalent
2: and uh, it's, still, it's still an accepted as far as you know government regulations and things it's still on the books which is you know unusual where we all know it's a slur you know you hear it all the time oh that's retarded and I take great offense to that you know same thing as when people say oh that's gay it kills me that that's still something people say and don't realize what it means, but I think that Redskins is the same way, because I agree with you. When I hear Redskins, the first thing I think is, I hate those guys. It's football. Not that I hate those guys because they're Native Americans. I've got to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, please do. <laughs> but, but as a Giants fan, man, I hate those guys. Um, but I think football, but I understand that the, the word itself has a negative connotation, and that's why I think it doesn't have a place at the name well, that, of Well, that's course.
1: kind of my point, though. Like that can, can words evolve the other way? Like mental retardation was a, a, a medical term, and it evolved to become a slur. Could, in fact, a word go the other way? And it went from being something with a negative connotation that now we just look at as a as just a team name I don't know I, I don't know what the answer is I'm curious your thoughts though In, in knowing the law and, and knowing what's out there and, and everything that's been said so far uh, well, Let's give like a five year window How do you see Five years from now They still the Washington Redskins uh, How do you see this unfolding Because it doesn't At this point the controversy has gotten big enough And we, like we said it's popped up before, but it does kind of have that feeling right now that it's not just going to fade away, that there's going to be some sort of resolution, whether it's no, the Redskins are cool, they can use their name, and that's it, and it's final, or the antithesis, "No, you've got to change your names to uh, you, know, the, the Washington politicians. Um, what what would, if you got to make a prediction? What do you see happening?
2: I think that the name of the team will remain the Redskins as long as Dan Snyder is alive and running the team because I think that he is just absolutely adamant that there's nothing wrong with it and he does enough and he he's keeping the name. Legally, they are not going to have to change it because, as I said, there's federal trademark rights, registration, and then there's your common law trademark rights. I mean, as of now, we own a trademark for you know radio broadcasts in the name pop life that 's ours we haven 't registered it, and we don't have any plans to do so at this time. you know who knows what will happen in the future, but by using a mark, you own rights to it, and just because the government takes away what they 've given you in that registration doesn't mean that you have to stop using it. so they will remain the redskins, and what I think will happen is as long as this controversy is still somewhere in the public consciousness, I happen to think that the next owner will make a change. But I don't think it will happen until we have a change in ownership of the Redskins.
1: I you know, I would tend to agree. Either that or major sponsors start to pull out, then maybe we'll hear Darren Snyder actually relent and say, all right, I'll change the name. Yeah, I mean, money is the name of the game, of course. And I heard there was one – Oh,
2: maybe you've heard was it a radio station or a newspaper, but one Midwestern outlet said that they will no longer refer to the team as the Redskins. They'll refer to them as Washington or the Washington football team, or you know whatever they will come up with, but they won't call them the redskins you have, you have any any better names
1: i I don't know i mean uh jeez, it's why well, I mean yeah, you go. You know, something specific to to Washington. And I mean, I I joke, the Washington politicians, but I mean, the Washington senators, I mean, they they go in that that direction, something like that. We've had the senators, the capitals, the nationals,
2: so it's not unusual. You know, I was joking around with somebody earlier that I'd I'd love to see the Washington monuments, uh, maybe the Washington (laughs) crossing the Delawares, something like that. But in reality, it doesn't have to do with Washington. There are just myriad names out there. The the powerhouse names like you know jets and giants the animal the fierce animal names like the bears and lions there you have so many to choose from you know it's funny this is not the first controversy now that I think about it that happened with the Washington team but there was a name change we had the Washington Bullets for years yes and they're now the Wizards so there you go you know go with alliteration Be, you know become the uh, the Washington Whales. who cares I just think that they should drop Redskins I think it's the right thing to do.
1: I mean, it's it's just weird because especially being, you know, as long as they've been named the Redskins, it's there's a certain history. It's 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 a weird thing because it's a, there's a history. Look, the, the Washington Bullets, I mean, their history was not as rich as the Washington Redskins. There's a lot there that's, you know, it's that's tied to your team's name. You know, if somebody all, all of a sudden came out, which would be awesome, but said that, like, the Yankees are offensive, and that name is offensive, you know, that name is tied to a lot of history, which I'm lobbying for because I find that name offensive. But <laughs> I digress. Um, you know, what do you do on throwback day? I mean, does the Washington team, you know, when they, they come out and they're, they're the Washington Wales, I mean, on throwback day, are they allowed to wear those unis? Are fans allowed to wear the unis to the stadium? Like, how does that, they have to organize a, a kind of trade – Thing. You know, you just bought a jersey they, they, They're announcing a big Like they, the Patriots did with uh, Aaron Hernandez You know the, If they change
2: the name These jerseys are going to become more valuable Everything having to do with the Redskins Will become more valuable if they change the name Because regardless of the racial insensitivity Associated with it It, it will become a collector's item And, you know, you joke about the throwback days And, you know, all that stuff But there, there are ways around it Just like Teams that have not been around long will adopt the name of a team that played there previously. You know, you can come up with, I don't know what football clubs have existed in other leagues, of course, in Washington. But there are always ways around it. And as far as the history goes, yeah, you can refer to a player as a, a Hall of Famer or as a Redskin. But I don't think once the name changes, they'll be proud of the history associated with the name. And I don't think they'll be recalling it. You know, in 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 future memorial memorial days and throwback jersey days and all of that, I think that once Redskins are gone, people will be happy and the team will dissociate themselves as much as possible.
1: Well, what do you guys think? Head on over to Facebook. We'd love to know what you think. I mean, you know, it's pretty controversial, and like I'm, I'm kind of down the middle. I can't say I see both sides of the of the story. I don't know which side I kind of fall on. Uh, what do you guys think? Head on our Facebook. Let us know your opinions on things. Kind of a controversial thing. Uh, would not be shocked if we wind up discussing this again down the road piece. We're in the middle of summer. It's not even football season, so I could see this controversy revving up once the fall comes around. What do you guys think? As we, have, we have about ten minutes left in the show. Some other news. Something near and dear. To our hearts here As most people of our generation As we anxiously Await The new Star Wars movies That are coming to us soon Knowing that the original cast Is getting packed together For Star Wars But say it ain't Solo (laughs) Han Solo Himself Harrison Ford Injured while filming the new Star Wars movie
2: My god how ironic First of all the fact that he was injured by a door of the Millennium Falcon. God, that's terrible. I, I was extremely disappointed because I heard that he is one of the major stars of this new movie. And so to hear that he was injured and severely injured to the point that it's going to mess up their shooting schedule. You know, and how ironic that he's one of the stars when he was the person who – said, maybe I don't want to come back for Episode 6, you know, they froze Han Solo in carbonite because they didn't know if he'd be back. This was a way for them to get him out of Episode uh, 6, and he finally decided to come back. And And now he's all gung-ho, he's been joking about Star Wars and the press, well, at least before before the injury. So, it's unfortunate, and the, the you know, issue here is, do they keep the release date? Uh, do they try to rush things. They push the date back. Do they alter the script that they've had? Do they work around the injury? You know, what I hear is it'll take two months for him to be back on set and six months for him to be walking properly again. That's a big deal. And J.J. J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy want to push back the release date. And the studio, of course, does not want to do that. So that's the big Star Wars news right now. You just
1: need a big, like, abominable snowman thing to, like, mess up his leg. Just write that into the script. Write it just, into the script. Just, but, that's, that's what you can do with stars. If someone hurts themselves, just, you just, just, uh,
2: yeah, just do that. You yeah, bite his leg. That, that's exactly what they could do, but that's what I'm afraid of. Because <laughs> I've heard, uh, from what I, I've heard, I think that they've come up with something. And this is just purely on intuition and news that I've heard. Seems like they are extremely happy with what they've come up with for Episode 7. And so to have to change that would be very unfortunate, but I don't know what the alternatives are. I don't know how you could shoot around this. I don't know if you can have Han doing everything he did, but in some kind of uh, hovering wheelchair, you know. But, but keep the rest of it the same. I don't know. Like a mini land speeder. Yeah, you know, do, do something. You know, it's funny. We talk about Star Wars all the time. I, I You just gave me this uh, thought. There, there are a couple of Star Wars things that, I get to experience, because I have young children at home, and not everyone does, and one of them, I I have this Lego book club, and we read a father-son book club at our local library. I don't know if how many of you have read the uh, Origami Yoda series of books, but it's about these middle schoolers who are fairly obsessed with Star Wars, and they've had sequels like The Fortune Wookiee and Jabba the Puppet. And and they're hilarious. The other one is the Lego Star Wars cartoon series on Cartoon Network. It's occasional specials, and there was just this hilarious bit with, uh, with Darth Vader's uh, TIE Fighter and Luke's Landspeeder, and they were in each other's, and then they looked at each other and said, should we? Yeah, okay, and they swapped vehicles and continued on their chase. And you just made me think of that with the land But, you know, Star Wars is everywhere, so there, there are a couple of things that uh, I've got to experience outside of all of the, the video games and the TV series. You know, of course, the movie is the big one. Also big movie news in the Star Wars universe is Carrie Fisher said this week that her daughter, uh, let me see, Billy Lord is the name, I don't know if she has any acting experience, but Carrie Fisher has said that her daughter is going to play Princess Leia in flashbacks. Interesting. Uh, I guess it confirms one of the few things we know about the new movie, that we'll see some old-school Princess Leia. But, uh, you know, that's, that's fairly interesting news.
1: Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope.
2: Well, that would be the current <laughs> Carrie Fisher playing the role. And I saw a picture of Billy Lord. I don't see it. I don't know how they're going to do this. They could have found someone better. But Carrie Fisher really lobbied for this and wanted to see her daughter have a part in the new movie. And the other thing that happened this week that Kevin Smith, you know, master of all things Hollywood and comic book, visited the set. And if you haven't seen it, you know, go online and see the selfie he took with a little tear coming out of his eye. And that can only be good news. He called it a tear of joy. He is excited about what he saw in the set of Star Wars. So, uh, you know, I'm happy about that because I'm a big fan and I trust his judgment.
1: Yeah, see, well, and different than us, like, we, we, didn't, we didn't hate on the, the second trilogy, chapters one, two, and three. Right. Um, Kevin Smith, as far as I know, was not a big fan of the second trilogy. So, you know, I'm not going to say I, I liked it better than the original trilogy, although I will maintain that I, I'm not the biggest Jedi fan. Um, you know, I, I get it with the original trilogy, and it was what it was. But uh, you know, it's it's. I, I guess it's those movies where like, can you watch it over and over again? So like, Je- Jedi, you know, Empire is my favorite, as I think with most. But I, I thought there was a lot of there was a lot of stuff I enjoyed in the original trilogy. Kevin Smith, not a fan. Very happy with what he's seeing on the new set. You really confused me for a minute when you said you weren't a Jedi fan. I thought.
2: You like the Empire? <laughs> it took a minute for that to register with me because I'm like the Jedi are in every movie. How could you not like the Jedi lightsabers, mind control? That's awesome. Uh, I get it now. But it's
1: it's amazing, man. Like the Star Wars universe. I mean, you know, I I mean, in, in real life, when I'm not like doing these these radio shows and stuff, which I, I wish I was getting paid and didn't have my real life, but. Like, <laughs> Where I, I work with, with people with autism. I work with adults with autism. And one of the guys in my class is obsessed with everything sci-fi. Like, he he could probably come in and talk, you know, be on this show, Like, but then he'd probably have a behavior and tear up the studio. So that's why he's not here. But I, we found this app that uh, we, we have an iP- iPad for the classroom. And it was like, Star Wars, make your own scene. And you can, like, click on things and like change the camera angles and and you hit record and the camera starts recording and then you hit stop and then you move the people around and then you, you hit record again and they'll do the action you kind of direct it then you hit pause again and you you can kind of put together a, a small scene a, a few minutes and we're just like manipulating Han and Ewoks and stuff on, on the Battle of Endor and just kind of moving them around and you can add dialogue to it and you know, three P O S going. no, we surrender! And uh, it's just like fun, and and it's just amazing between like the the apps that are out there, and like you're saying, the Lego stuff, and the and the books, and the cartoons, and cartoons coming out. Oh, what is it? The, the Rebels coming out in the right. fall, and and, and the one. new movies coming out. I mean, it's phenomenal when you think about 1977, and and at this point in 2014, Star Wars is just all over the place, it's just as huge as ever. And you
2: mentioned the app, and I've got to you know. I have uh, my own lightsaber app. I don't know if you can hear this here, but it's, uh, you know, you open a lightsaber and you can actually battle with friends. You swing it around. It makes all the noises. And uh, I have it in a folder called useless stuff on my iPhone. <laughs> and every once in a while, my kids and I just get into a lightsaber duel. You know, we we love it. Uh, there's actually more Star Wars news. There's actually a lot going on in the last couple of weeks. Uh we know that not only are they coming out with a new trilogy, but they plan on doing standalone Star Wars films, some origin stories. We have a Boba Fett movie that everyone's talking about, uh, maybe a Han Solo origin movie, and uh, they've recently announced directors for some of these, as well as uh, some of the future films in the trilogy. And what's going on here is they plan on putting out a Star Wars movie every year. So whether it's part of the new trilogy or then a standalone, they have a lot of movies in the pipeline and. Uh, one of the standalone movies will be directed by Gareth Edwards, who directed the new Godzilla movie. Um, and he's been involved in special effects in Hollywood as well. Some interesting choices because people with not the, the long, impressive resumes you would have thought. I see that he's directed just a couple of major movies. Another director, Josh Trank, will be directing one of these standalone movies. Uh, he directed Chronicle. Which was that fun movie where a few teenagers got superpowers and uh, you know one of them started to abuse them. He also is uh, that was a decent movie. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. that. Uh, He's he's uh, slated to direct a future Fantastic Four movie, and then the biggest news probably just because it's part of the actual trilogy, you know, real Star Wars canon here. uh, Someone named Brian Johnson will be directing Episode Eight, and will be at least writing Episode Nine. And, again, good movies, but not the longest resume. He directed Brick with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which was a a fun movie, kind of a film noir in teen years, uh, set in a high school. The Brothers Bloom, which I didn't see. Uh, Did you see The Brothers Bloom?
1: No, nor have I ever heard of it.
2: No, I actually, I remember the name, but
1: I looked. Stephanie Bloom?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie, if you're listening, great shout out for you. No, and also Looper, another Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie, and one I enjoyed. So, I enjoyed that. You know, not the longest resume, but uh, some nice stuff. But you know, they're they're coming up with interesting people to direct these Star Wars movies,
1: and God,
2: I can't wait until next year.
1: It's just gonna be ridiculous. Like, we're gonna be like, I'm gonna be in my fifties, and just gonna, you know, when I think about like our parents right. and and what they would like. Movies to see and whatever, and you know it's gonna be for me. I'm gonna be getting close to fifty. It's like oh, Batman's coming out. All the this Star Wars is coming out. I feel every like year, every year a new Star Wars. Oh, goody, goody, goody!
2: They must have gotten excited about somewhat more mature stuff, but I don't care because
1: this is what's awesome. I'm gonna be cashing my social security checks to go see <laughs> Star Wars movies. Superheroes and Star Wars, man. I don't care how old I get. We have about thirty seconds left. Going a little bit all over the place this this show, but good stuff, Doug. Absolutely.
2: As always, you know, there's there's so much out there at the world of pop culture, and we will try to talk about as much of it as possible every month. Make sure to tune in next month. Uh, we'll do another Wednesday show for the rest of the summer, and uh, Ken, as always,
1: great working with you. Great stuff. August show. you got to tune in, because you know what? It's summertime. We're going to talk summer music next time. For Todd, I am Ken. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you in August. Take care, everybody.